Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 8th, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. So tonight as we are recording, which is obviously a day wrong, but tonight, Monday, <laughs> November 8th. Please, I even know, though we talk sorry. about it literally every time. <laughs> every time. Uh, Jessica Vosk is performing, making her, you know, Carnegie Hall debut, which is super exciting. And she's rumored, Yeah, like she's going to have guests like Kristen Chenoweth, uh, Scott from Pentatonics. There's a lot happening. We just want nice. to cheer her on. It's very exciting. Always, yeah. Um, just saying. So there you go. Get, the, uh, get there. Monday, get there, even though it'll be too late. Sorry. Yeah, but if you're on our Patreon... Depending so you're on the episode when this goes out, which probably still won't be <laughs> until like oh. seven thirty. Rip the dream, guys. And, well, if you're such a you know big fan, you should be there anyway. So yeah, yeah, not our, not our fault. Anytime you get to see somebody that you really uh, enjoy performing, make it like a debut anywhere. It, it's really exciting if it's you get to be a part of it. So in the much audience. so because it's just like the energy level is always unreal especially such a, like a venue like carnegie hall like you're making your carnegie hall debut like that will always be a big deal yeah, and I, i've been seeing a lot of people post about like seeing their favorite swings or understudies go yeah. on in the past like, couple of weeks uh, i really encourage people if they have the opportunity to to get a last minute ticket to something um to see oh my gosh so and so is going to go on for um eurydice you know i, I can't wait yeah. to see them and 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 really blasting it on social media because this is a big moment for those people as well um so thank you Career for everybody moments. um yeah these are these are life things uh we're gonna get right into the the news about the fact that like the visitor Everything. um <laughs> you know had a lot of uh you know the the new so let's just say it the new tom kit and brian yorkie musical the visitor at the public theater opened on november 4th with some like very curious to read or, or like i'm very curious to read these reviews um they mm-hmm. announced also an extension that we covered on broadway radio last week but given ariel Stachel's departure and some controversial opinions we wanted to highlight what critics had to say yeah so starting with Diep Tran for uh, New York Theater Guide, gave it two stars, calling it well-intentioned yet out-of-touch musical. She says, when The Visitor was released in 2007, it was the rare attempt to humanize Muslims in the eyes of Americans during a time when Muslims were demonized in the media, while the American military uh, pillaged Afghanistan and Iraq. In 2021, the same story with the same white narrator has turned this entreaty for humanity into a white savior narrative that while well-intentioned is woefully out of touch. I just really appreciated mm-hmm. this concise um, juxtaposition of how 2007, the way yeah. we as America viewed um, Muslims and Afghanistan and Iraq sure. in the cultural context in 2021, seeing it on stage, finally, you're like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> you know, we've we've learned so much. So I really appreciated just kind of like those two uh, little tidbits. And then Ayanna Prescott, for Variety states, the creators seem to have been generously aiming to create a sympathetic portrait of a privileged man's perf- performative activism, but by centering Walter, which is the character David Hyde Pierce, uh, rather than Tarek and Zanab, the show ends up highlighting the privileged folks who are already coddled more than enough. A story that features important notes on racism and immigrant survival takes us backseat to a script that magnifies the problems of one white man's midlife crisis. 
<laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Pretty I don't much. think that Ayana could have liked this show less, uh, but this was just one kind of highlight of, uh, yeah. Uh, so Juan Ramirez for theater Lee says following a poignant, if unoriginal beginning, it winds up being a little more than a white savior narrative in which people of color are handed insurmountable strife in order for a better positioned person to learn a lesson about the importance of caring about basic humanity, mm. the public theater. And then later on in, in the same little article, the public theater seems to be making good on their recent promise to diversify their audience. Press access has next plus ones uh, to ensure that more outlets, at least 50% of which must be represented by people of color, good. are able to attend. So, okay, that's a real number. Those are real things, right? Mm-hmm. It is an admirable and direct plan of action, but one that begs the question of what exactly this new audience is meant to do with such dated mm-hmm. material. Mm-hmm. The visitor on its own is a promise let down by its ultimate intentions and I hope its title reflects the longevity of this type of work stay at the historical progressive institution. <laughs> right? I, yeah. So I actually thought about that. Like when we talked about it on the show before of how they that they weren't doing plus ones because they wanted to have like a more diversified audience, which is great. I love that. I love when you know any theater company does stuff like this and the public is usually pretty on top of at least trying, if nothing else. Like right? so, sometimes that's kind of all we can hope for is at least an attempt but you know i've been thinking about that a lot in the lead up to Mm. the show because i you know i remember seeing the movie and i was still in high school and it's i'm glad that deep mentioned that as far as you know this was 2007 when this movie came out we don't really like uh, as speaking as a white person especially like we don't really think of like late aughts as still being like this really obviously intense and racist time for Muslims in America. You think more like the early aughts and mid aughts, especially, but I mean, forever and always, unfortunately, that's the ongoing problem here. Um, but like, I've been thinking about the movie and it was, you know, it was decent at the time. It got great press. I think Richard Jenkins was nominated for an Oscar. If he didn't win, I really can't remember. Um, but I can't, like, I haven't seen it since then. And I can't imagine that it's aged well. It's very much a product of that time of like, high tension and racism against Muslims in America um, during the aughts and film. Mm -hmm. I forgot who said it. I feel like I can't remember. It was definitely on Twitter. um, The conversation of like film is it might have been David Gordon, but the film is Mm. this very, you know, it's it's of its time. It's not expected to really live in other moments in time, the way that theater is and the way that theater is so fluid and is supposed mm. to adapt for the time that it is being presented in. And that's the problem with this show, it seems, is that you took this movie that was very much of its time and that you know, like, it's expected to live in that moment and made a musical about it <laughs> a decade and change later and expected it to have that same kind of impact, which it it by nature can't. The way that politics have changed, the way that the country has changed, the way that sentiments have changed. And just in, even like even the way musical theater has changed, like without 
significantly altering the material to change it from like this white savior narrative, it can't work. Yeah, it's funny because I think that we, you know, imagine if somebody said, hey, what if we did right now a Driving Miss Daisy's musical? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like what? What? Exactly. Why? Why? And and most of these, and, and I didn't cite it and I apologize, but most of these uh, critic reviews said, why? Why now? Why this moment? Um, you know, I, I think that it, it has just yeah. passed because we have evolved and it's not that like it sentiment has changed. No, we've evolved as a society to learn more and have nuance to understand all these things. So it's it's not like we've forgotten right. it or that like we've we moved on and all this stuff. It's like, no, we just got better. And, and, and um, film yeah. has a very like music, like mentioning the problems that theater has and kind of adapting material that's very much of its time. Like film has a different problem. And like you mentioned Driving Miss Daisy, that was very much of its time. It was made at a time. And then fast forward decades later and look at Green Book and like how um, that was made as a white savior story. And not even of its time. It was made decades. And de- it was made in the present moment for a past time. And it was a white savior story. Like these things don't need to exist. Next, I want to highlight a conversation just because we're, we're on this tangent and I, I'm really, I'm excited about this. Um, a conversation with Helen Shaw brought to the table on Vulture about the visitor and sweatshop overlord on theatrical and topical relevance just a few blocks apart. So just a mm. few blocks apart in New York, two theaters are struggling with these questions. They don't struggle equally. One of the shows is embarrassing mm-hmm. while the other is delightful and moving in the visitor and Christina Wong sweatshop overlord. You see the quote body of the time exerting a whole hell of a lot of pressure back Mm, to illustrate mm -hmm. there's a super serious dance number staged in an immigration detention center that still gives me the horrified absolute god (laughs) you know that's obviously about the visitor um if you want belief you'll have to go two blocks over to new york theater workshop there christina wong's performance uh the there, Christina Wong, performance artist and recently minted community organizer, is doing her hmm. one woman show, Christina Wong Sweatshop Overlord. So here it is a show about the COVID era. We knew it was coming. How could anybody not, right? But of it's course. also an interesting er, test of theories about the palatability of something so relevant. So we're having this conversation about yeah, relevance, exactly. about race. You know, okay. <laughs> like, this is this is exactly it. So I, I'm just curious. I know you and I both watched it virtually, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we we did a big old I can't remember if it was a Patreon. I probably it was a Patreon exclusive at the time. And we both loved it. And I'm I'm trying to get to see it as an actual stage presentation. I'm so glad to see like <laughs> Uh, I'm so glad to see it get the recognition that I think we both thought that it deserved, even in the digital version, the Zoom version. But we uh, both agreed that it just should be staged. Yeah, it, it, it's 100%. not one of those digital. It just isn't a digital show, and you could tell that there was just so much opportunity and promise for Christina because she's a, she's just a great actor yeah, and, and writer. Phenomenal. Um, that it just it needed to be on stage, and it didn't. I didn't want it to live on <laughs> in in the Zoom yeah. realm. Some some theatrical uh, opportunities for people during COVID times were perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were specifically written for that medium, but I don't believe this this property was. And so it's just a funny mm-hmm. way that Helen is in the whole article. So uh, incredibly done. Uh, but it just and I'm glad that you sent it to me because I was like, huh, I never thought about that. Like there's right? two shows that yeah. are trying to um, answer these these questions uh, to society. And one is 
excelling and the other is well-funded, um, you know, very high hey, Tony yeah. nominee <laughs> award winning creatives behind it. And yet one, one is succeeding and one isn't. That's such, so, a, that's such a thing. And I'm really glad that Helen wrote these two together, mm-hmm. wrote them in tandem. Um, because I hadn't thought about it until like this came out. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. of course these should be written together. And you make a really important point that like this is, or the visitor is coming from the public. It is with Kit and Yorkie who have Pulitzer prizes and it's this yeah. big, like we're talking about it because it's been so highly publicized and talked about of like, this is a thing. This is the, a world premiere that everyone has to see. And then we've talked about all the problems that have led up to it. Um, right. And it's just like, I don't uh, like this kind of seemed like I said, I feel like it was doomed <laughs> from the start and shouldn't have gotten as far as it did. And someone needs to kind of have that initiative to say like, oh, yeah, maybe this isn't the time for the show. And maybe that this show specifically shouldn't be happening now. And we'll, we're glad to give you another show. Because again, you've won Tony's and Pulitzer Prizes, like, we'll yeah. give you another show. Uh, it just, yeah, it just seems so out of touch and even more so amplified when you have something like Christina Wong's Sweatshop Overlord, like not that far away from it, doing exactly the kind of show that they wish that they were doing at the public. Rip. Rip the dream. Rip. Let's take a moment from the show to talk about our Patreon. So we at Broadway Radio, we're so eager to bring you more exclusive content. We're we're bringing you, I mean, Matt specifically oh is bringing you so <laughs> yeah, much great I mean, conversation. I like, feel like it's important to mention that Grace and I are doing a Monday show because mm-hmm. Matt is now in New York and I know was at Lackawanna Blues earlier yes. on Sunday and I know has like 16 other shows today to the point where he texted me earlier earlier on in the day, the day being like, I've got comps to a 930 show. Do you want to go? Which, sir, thank you. But I am recovering from the weekend still. Um, but yeah, yeah, so Matt's going to have a ton of stuff on the Patreon. I think has already released some stuff um, for the next two weeks of shows that are happening. And you and I are going to talk about things too as well. We're going to talk about Dana yeah. H or is this? Yes. Yeah, Dana H tomorrow. Um mm-hmm. You and Matt are going to go see Assassins, so the three of us will talk about Assassins at some point. I have a conversation with uh, a playwright friend of mine uh, for uh, Luciernicus with yeah. um, uh, the National Core Theater, and mm-hmm. it's just like, it's really exciting. We've just got so much. Yeah, and we are physically incapable of shutting up about any of it, so we have to have the Patreon. So true. So um, make sure that you are continuing to support us through our Patreon subscriber base and engaging with us all across social media platforms. Like, again, the reason people know about us in the first place is through you. So thank you for for listening for all these years if you have, and if not, if you just popped on, thank you, but tell your friends uh, because we've got more Broadway news upcoming. So go to patreon.com slash Radio. So next, uh, Ashley has put together an incredible list we, of show schedules. We got some stuff coming up this week. There's a lot. So starting with like Wednesday, November 10th, uh, a girl is a half-formed thing at Irish Rep begins off-Broadway in previews and then opening night for Trevor at Stage 42 yeah. off-Broadway as well. I've had a couple of friends see it. They've gotten yeah. the feelies. Yeah. Have you seen it yet? I haven't. I'm seeing it Tuesday. I, I also uh-huh. have a couple of friends who have seen it, including our mutual friend, Robbie Rizal, who uh-huh. said it was, quote, charming. So I'm excited about it either way. Like, I'm, I'm here for a charming, feel-good gay musical 
a hundred percent of the time. I love it. <laughs> so Thursday, the very next day, Thursday, November 11th, flying over sunset at the Vivian Beaumont begins previews. And, you know, yeah. we, we thought this was the fourth, but it yeah. got pushed a week. We it just did. didn't notice. We didn't notice. Matt and I have our big, uh, you know, comprehensive spreadsheets of all these openings. And I guess it had to have been like in June or July that it got bumped back a week. Um, and neither of us noticed it, even though like it's a James Lapine musical. And I feel like I should be on top of that. So I am incredibly disappointed. You're embarrassing myself. everybody. I am embarrassing myself and everybody else. But what else is new? And then a uh, previous big in the same day for a Sherlock Carol at New World Stages mm-hmm. opening night for Nollywood Dreams at MCC Theater. So we will be bringing you those uh, reviews that night as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Medicine at St. Anne's Warehouse off Broadway. Yeah. Also, I just want to mention that they will have live broadcasts on November 21st, 28th yeah. and December 5th in the very U.S. Cool. and Canada only. Uh, so very cool of them. Love Definitely. to see it. Yeah. Friday, November 12th, opening night for uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. This is, again, the mm-hmm. new production of it where it's uh, they've changed a lot. They've made it one show. They've cut. They've added what have you. So I'm, I'm very curious to hear what people have to say. Very about that. much so. Yeah, I've got a friend going to the invited dress, so I will mm. be tweeting. Uh, so <laughs> opening night for Empire Circus at Empire Stores off Broadway. And then Friday night is the closing night of Lackawanna Blues at the Freedom Theater. Yeah. Please try to see that this week if you haven't already. I'm trying. Or I didn't, it. Yeah, I didn't realize I it was it. closing so soon. Like, I was thinking it was later on in the month, and now I'm like, well, got to make no. time for that, obviously. Yeah. You gotta go. Gotta go. Saturday, November 13th, the Bronx Babe at Actors Temple Theater is also closing off Broadway. And Sunday, November 14th, a turtle on a fence post at Theater 555. Is it 555? Who knows? Mm. Opening off Broadway. And then also opening night for Out of the Box Theatricals, uh, Baby. Yeah. The the site-specific production of Baby. The site-specific. I think Matt will be going on November 13th. 13th, if I remember correctly. Um, so I'm sure right. he will have plenty to say about that. Yeah. And he and I are seeing Assassins this week. I know you've already seen it. So I can't wait for all of us <laughs> oh, to have a conversation. Because I can't but, shut up about it. Yeah. Opening night for Assassins at Classic Stage Company off Broadway is Sunday, November 14th. So, um, we're just honestly, we're just waiting. We're edging until that point. <laughs> That's what much. we're doing. We're theatrical edging. Pretty, um, pretty and if, you, much. If, if that went over your head, I apologize. Uh-huh. Um, in other news, do uh, let's let, do better. Let's start with the really exciting 2022 season announcement from the famous outdoor St. Louis uh, venue, the Muni. The 104th season will kick off with Chicago, followed by Camelot, Mary Poppins, the Muni debut of Sweeney Todd. They've never done mm-hmm. it before. Legally Blonde, which was a fan favorite. And then the Muni debut of The Color Purple. Purple closing with Joseph and Joseph Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Ashley, have you ever seen a Muni show? I've never seen a Muni show. I've certainly considered it uh, in the few times that we've talked about it. I am just, it's in the back of my brain. I feel like, I feel like that's a trip. I'm I'm waiting for the cast list. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Not going to lie. And yeah, then then I guess I might have a summer trip. So yeah, we'll find out. I know that Matt is going to travel to see Legally Blonde. There's just no yeah, question. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but I was just curious if all of these, if you had a dream casting for any of it, because their Chicago was w- w- very well received with Jay Harrison Gee. Like, do you have any kind of like, oh, I want to see this person play Sweeney Ooh, at the Muni? I'm not sure. Okay. That's a very good question because I'm always like, you know, I I want I want people to be a bit 
I actually had a conversation about Sweeney the other day or like last week because the last few productions we've had of Sweeney in, in New York, like we had the Barra Street one where it was like really scaled down, like beautiful. I loved it so much. I wish yeah. I could have seen it more than once, but like really scaled down, really scaled down orchestrations. And then we had the, you know, John Doyle production of Patty Lapone and Michael Servers, right. which is a very John Doyle production. And we haven't really had a very big, controversial, a very controversial for, you know, with me alone, in fact. Um, but like we haven't had like what I really want to see is like a big Sweeney Todd production again at this point with like essentially mm-hmm. the Sunset Boulevard 40 piece orchestra like so I like I would love to see a huge casting of it but like have fun yeah. with the actual casting like gender swap it do whatever the hell you want with the actual casting but I want to see like a full a full out production of it at this point yes agreed yes. <laughs> That's all. Um, so it's official. The cast has been set and sold out for Bonnie and Clyde, the musical reunion concert featuring Jeremy Jordan and Francis Maley McCann, replacing Laura Osnes. Mm-hmm. It was rumored that Eva Noblezada would be flying to the UK for the concert, but we're thrilled to see Francis belt out Dianate so bad while not referencing the vaccine. <laughs> Can't help it. Can't, <laughs> Can't help it. Had to say it. Help it. Yes, indeed. This this musical actually was very formative for me. I really mm. loved it. Um, and so I, I'm just excited that it this concert isn't being canceled because I'm gonna stream it. Let, let's be of honest. Of course, you um, must. Finally, in a recommendation just from me, which isn't a real recommendation, but here we are. As we get into the holiday season, I... I love supporting small businesses. I always want to like highlight them. If you are holiday shopping and you have the means, please consider buying a season pass, a pair of tickets, et cetera, to your local community theater or regional theater. Make a donation to your local public schools, the drama program. Think outside the box when it comes to gifting that will help further the arts. If that's something that is close to you and that you have the financial means, invest in someone that you want to see more of their art from donate to the actors fund. The possibilities are so endless. Please feel free to uh, like flood my DMs or email like you have access to me to up to a certain point. Like mm-hmm. I am happy to help with those things because it's really important to me. And instead of, you know, if you already have season tickets to like all Broadway across America or any of the big mm-hmm. tours, like take a moment to consider like where that theater starts and it starts in your local communities. So please, please, please consider buying uh, if you're going to buy something and you want to gift something, someone people do it all the time with nonprofits. Oh, I gifted something in the name of you uh, to this organization that is close to your heart. Yeah. Do that with theater. That's all. Damn right. Sorry. <laughs> that was no, my I loved it. Beautiful. 100%. Yeah. Mm. Recommend. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever at It's Grace Aki. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. I mean this when I say this. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> 